Hi guys! Welcome back to another episode of Cheap Thrills. I'm your host, Atheria, and here's your top stories of the week. And now, here's your top stories in gaming. So, one of the top stories this week, um, we're going to start off with Sony acquiring Isomic Games. They are the developers of Ratchet and Clank, Spiral, and Marvel Spider-Man. That is like the huge, well, all of their games are actually quite huge for Sony. You know what, I'm thinking about it now, I really can't remember of their games, their top games, on any other platform. Okay, okay. So this makes, this studio makes the 14th studio to join Sony. And in a statement from Ted Price, um, he's the Islamic Games founder and CEO. Um, and this is from Polygon. Joining the WWS family gives Islamic Games even more greater opportunities to achieve our studio visions of making positive and lasting impressions on people's lives. We have enjoyed a special relationship with Sony and PlayStation practically since our inception. Our partnership amplifies our potential, and the Marvel Spider-Man was a testament to this. We're excited to take the next step in our growth alongside our longtime WWS partners. Most of all, we look forward to delivering fresh and new experiences for our friends. Now, it is said that, um, that they had purchased this game studio for $229 million, but it's not quite clear because, you know, during this announcement, there was not any um, financial numbers thrown around from them, of course. I'm sure, you know, the investors and whatnot, they all know, but... Congratulations, Sony, and to every game gamers, because you know who's on that platform. Good studio. Um, I want to talk about this Call of Duty um, season two, which has been released. This is a new. I, I want to say DLC, but okay. There, the file to download this game is 68 gigabytes. And this is for um, the Modern Warfare. Like, it's massive, okay? on the Xbox One, 94 on the PC, and 51 on the PS4. 
Listen, guys. Listen. This is unacceptable. This is unacceptable because that's huge. Those are huge. That is three games. And this um patch. Well, not a patch, but this um this update. 68? Are you kidding me? Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Because if I am going to download this at this huge... I can't even imagine. As a matter of fact, hold on. Let me go back. Okay. To download the game, the original one was 175 gigabytes. Sweetheart, listen to me. No. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Y'all need to get on top of them about optimizing their games for your consoles. Okay? That... That's, 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 those are too huge. And leave the jokes out. But... <laughs> those file sizes? Uh-uh. I'm going to this because that's going to get me upset. So, the team behind the racing game Burnout will be making the next Need for Speed game. EA has said that the future games of the Need for Speed series will be developed by the Krateon Games and their series developers from the past Ghost Games will be rebranded as support studio and aid to various projects under the EA umbrella. Now this is from The Verge. I did not play the last oh god my god when was the last time I played a Need for Speed game? I'm and I love Need for Speed. Fight and this is probably gonna solve a little bit of my <laughs> age. But I enjoyed Need for Speed Underground 2. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's old. But I loved it. And I love the arcade feel. I love that whole... That time. That time. Because it was all arcade. I don't want the Sims. The Sims. Like all of this new Gran Turismo and all this Forza and stuff like that. I really don't care about that. I want an arcade game. That's why I play a lot of Asphalt 9. Because I like that driving at night and just having fun. Oh my god, I am embarrassed. I am so sorry about that, guys. Um, but moving on. Yeah, I remember that... Um, those games, those games were really fun, especially Midnight Run. Guys, you remember Midnight Run on the PS2? Just fun. Um, there's supposed to be a new VR game that is coming from the 
Prince of Persia series called Dagger of Time. Um, Ubisoft announced it and um, they announced that the game isn't like anything like its predecessor. When was the last Prince of Persia game? Because the only one I remember that was very hard but fun to play was on the PS3. Um, this is from Forbes. The new game is one of Ubisoft Escape Games VR and you can only play it at specific escape rooms across the globe. Oh. The game is a co-op VR escape room adventure set in the same universe as the Prince of Persia franchise. Two or three players team up and work together to solve puzzles and find a way out of a reimagined fortress of time. In the stories, players are summoned by Kalenia, the Empress of Time. They are asked to help her stop evil plans, um, asked to stop the evil plans of Imagi, who is attempting to restore the sands to the hourglass of time, creating an armory of sand monsters. To successfully escape the fortress, players must use cooperative teamwork, problem-solving skills to complete the objectives, utilizing powers such as time control from the Dagger of Time. You know what, now that I'm thinking about this, is first of all, this is a very good idea. And second, I remember that that was, because that was um, from that PS3 game. Because you can, you know, manipulate time. So this is cool. This is cool. Um, I thought that it was going to come to some of the consoles, but um, reading further into it, it seems like that there are um, VR rooms across the country. Hmm. Okay. Well, still, they need to bring back the series to. Alright guys, let's get into this news because this is interesting. John Keeley, I know you guys are familiar with him. He's he is the host and the creator of the game awards. Um he is skipping out on this year's E3. That is crazy. That is crazy. He um, went to Twitter and the following statement was, for the past 25 years, I've attended every electronic entertainment expo. 
he said. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has been a highlight of my year, not to mention a defining part of my career. I debated that what I have to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about precisely what to expect from me. I made the difficult decision to decline to produce the E3 Coliseum. For the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. I look forward to supporting the industries in other ways and at other events in the future. Now, this came as a complete shock, as you can imagine, to everybody because... What is going on over there with E3? It's my question. Because this is insane that all of these people are, well, huge names. Because you know what? How much you want to bet that he's going to have something to do with Sony? He's going to have something to do with Sony. This is, this is Sony written all over it. And we're going to get into Sony. And as a matter of fact, look, Jeff Keeling, you are a great host and you know how to produce a show. And um, I'm sure wherever you, you know, how you celebrate this year's upcoming game releases or shows and whatnot, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm, I'm not too inclined to find out what's going on in E3 now. No, I take that back. No, because I'm going to support Xbox and Nintendo. But let's get into the Sony business. So there was a report from the Bloomberg publication. And they were talking about how or why there's not a lot of information coming out about the PS5 and they're saying that Sony is struggling with costly parts driven by high demand for memory components that could drive the price of the PS5 upwards around $500. Number one, I don't, I cannot imagine $500 is the minimum for these new consoles. Okay, that's number one. According to a report from Bloomberg, the current manufacturing cost of the PS5 is around $450. Now, if competition for DRAM and in and DA flash memories are said to be driving up costs, but Bloomberg also reported that Sony is using a specially expensive cooling system for the PS5. A common complaint about the company's current gen console, the PS4, is the loud fan and whatnot. I know you guys had it on. 
Also, Sony is, you know, taking this wait-and-see approach with this Xbox X series as far as the price of it. It's funny. It's interesting. They're trying to do what they did with the PS4. And if I was Microsoft, I'll play to the bitter end. I'll play to the bitter end. And here's the thing. I believe that We're going to see the rollout, how it was with the PS4 over again, because it's going to be shortages and whatnot. Look, it costs them $450 to make this system. You can guarantee, you can guarantee that this system is going to cost $600 and up. Because it's too much money. It is too much money. And something is telling me that they are making this very compact. When in fact they shouldn't even be doing it. I like the new Xbox Series X um, system. And the way it looks. Because it looks like a PC in my mind. And I'm sure that that's the way that, you know, we're going. We're, 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 we're pretty much PCs right now. But the thing is, is that it's the OS or the operating system that deals just for one thing and one thing only. So, I know you want to make it cute and sexy, Sony, but, and clearly you're not listening to me because you're far into development here, but come on, come on, just make a small one like the Series X model. And the last story of the big story of this week, Activision Blizzard pulled all of its games off of NVIDIA GeForce Now streaming service because clearly they didn't want people to pull away from their um, launches and whatnot. So the Call of Duty titles, the World of Warcraft, I couldn't believe that was on there, all disappeared without warnings. Now, I'm sure that it's coming back. They just have to work out the logistics and whatnot, the politics of it all. Um, and Vita put out a a statement. Maintaining a streaming service means continually adding new games and on occasions having to remove games similar to other digital service providers per their request please be advised Activision Blizzard's games will be removed from the service while unfortunate we hope to work together with Activision and Blizzard to re-enable these games and more in the future. How come this wasn't um, squared away in the beginning? It's beyond me. But I'm sure that those games will be coming back and stuff like that. They probably have to go over the logistics about the pricing and how much who gets the cut or not. Because clearly, you know, Nvidia is going to come out on the short end of this stick for now. And those were your top stories in gaming of the week.
And now, here's your top stories in pop culture. Congratulations are in order for Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas, and they are expecting their first child. Um, it is reportedly due in the middle of summer. Oh my gosh, she is quite alone. I'm happy for them. That was quick. They were that was really fast if you ask me. But I'm so happy for the two. Um, just hoping that she has a very easy pregnancy and I'm sure that when the babies get here they are going to be overjoyed. Overjoyed is an understatement for our next story. Um, Amber Rose. She has a brand new tattoo of her boy's names. And she has placed them on the top of her forehead. Yeah. She has placed the names of her boys on the top of her forehead. Now, I don't mind tattoos. I have one. However, and if you like it, I love it. I just... I don't find it appealing personally and I just think that it's very off-putting to put face tattoos on any person because you know it's the first thing we see when we're meeting you and this is for anyone for that matter it's your face and you don't want your face to be distracted from by these tattoos but live in the lab if she likes it I love it Quentin Miller okay you guys remember this whole but back then okay you remember that whole fiasco with Meek Mill and Drake um and how you know it came out that Drake was actually getting help with writing some of his songs from Quentin Miller. Now, when they came out, Quentin Miller was kind of quiet, but he did speak up because his name was being thrown around. Well, he came, he came on Twitter yesterday, and he shared with us that he regret all of that ever happened. And the, the reason why he regrets it is because what happened, yeah, through that whole thing is that his name got dragged through the mud. Everybody was, you know, standing on opposite ends, but he got caught in the crossfire. And that it was not worth it because at the end of the day, Meek Mill and Drake are friends now. And he is having difficulties finding work. Now, I don't think that that's cool. 
I'm sorry. And I would reach out. And I'm speaking to Drake on this. Because you knew that this was sort of true. So, you have your fans. You can give him a bone. You can throw him a bone. Or he'll come up through someone else. You know? It's unfortunate. Because it's like a smack in your face. You know, your name got yanked into the middle of all this bulls crap. And then, at the end of the day, these two guys became friends. This is crazy. So, Disney announced that um, Aladdin 2 is now in productions. I'm happy to hear that because remember the, um, the lead? He was um, saying that he was having a difficult time finding roles. Now, of course, it's not Disney's job to give this guy, you know, the light. He's just supposed to have a good manager. And I hope he fired that person. But um, he was complaining that he cannot find a lot of work and whatnot. But he's supposed to be returning with the original cast of um, the first movie. You know what I found out? That was quite surprising to me. And I don't know how this slipped my mind. Are you telling me that Guy Ritchie directed that? I don't know how. How did that. Went under my radar. Because Guy Ritchie is like one of my favorite. Directors. I like all of his movies. Well, good on you. Good on you. Okay. Now, you guys know I did not watch the Oscars. I reported to you guys last time when it was announced with those nominees that I am not celebrating um, mediocrity. However, I am so happy that Janelle Monet performed. I thought that was a phenomenal opening. I love the um, Parasite one, and I'm happy that Scarlett Johansson didn't get any of the Oscars. And I know it seems petty of me. I get it, guys. I know it seems petty, but I pointed this out to you guys before. She can't act. I told you from that movie, and I like the marriage story. I thought it was wonderful, but that was good for her. That didn't move the needle. That was another movie, like I said, with the revolutionary role. Kate, um, Kate Winslet and um, Leonardo DiCaprio. That, that was a good scene when they had that argument. That was a good scene. But for her and um, Adam Driver, no, 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 no. They were mediocre at best. But I'm glad that Parasite swapped it because that was one movie this year that I saw that I went in completely blind 
And furthermore, I went in with no subtitles. I went in and I watched that movie with no subtitles. And I was captivated. And to me, that's how you make a good film. When you're acting and your direction transcends language. So good on him. Oh my God. Good on him. And hair love. Oh my God. You guys need to see that little sword on animes. It's so precious. It's so precious. It's hair love. You can see it on a, a, a short film. And it's a really short film. Look it up. Look it up on YouTube. And you will like it. Any person of color, you will love this movie. Matter of fact, it's not even a person of color, but it is, you know, highlighting people of color. But um, yeah, just it it teaches you to love yourself and to celebrate your uniqueness. I'm so happy they won. Um, who else stood out to me? Oh. Joaquin Phoenix, he deserved that Oscar. He deserved it. I'm glad that he got that. And I'm glad that he used his platform for good. And that speech that he gave was... It actually moves me. And I saw this after the fact and stuff like that. When he talked about his brother and how he was so... vulnerable. He said something that was incredibly profound. And I think that the the world needs to see that now. Instead of canceling people and whatnot, I think that we need to sort of help them on their road to redemption. Instead of casting them out, let's figure out how a way how to put them back on the road or the path. A redemption. Speaking of redemption, I know you guys had wrote in and let me have it about that rant that I had about Gail King and Snoop Dogg and Kobe Bryant and his family. And maybe this was not the place that I should have said that. But what I said, I'm not apologizing because that was from my heart. I probably shouldn't have brought it in front of you guys. You guys not need to hear that. That was a... I personalized it because I have some personal stuff with Oprah and I personalized it and that was not for you guys so I apologize to you guys for making you if if you felt uncomfortable and what I mean is is that Am I taking it back? God, no. Because I meant it. However, just because I meant it did not mean that you had to 
to hear that. That is not what you come to this podcast for. You come, you come here so that we can hang out and, you know, just chill. So I apologize if I make you feel uncomfortable. For making you feel uncomfortable, not if, but for making you feel uncomfortable if I did that. It's so weird. And Snoop Dogg has since come out and uh, since apologizing. And I can't take it seriously because everybody is up on Gail and how he approached Gail and whatnot. But like I said, you know, I didn't come from the adult perspective, even though I am an adult. I came from those who would be affected by this whole situation, mainly his kids. And those were the ones who I was defending. And I didn't like how it went down. Snoop Dogg apologized. I'm sure that that was a moneymaker push, but it's still good to see that he did it. I'm not saying that his apology was not genuine. I'm just saying that there were people. He might have, you know, he might have thought about it because, like, like I was, we were. It was very emotional at the time. But again, I'm not apologizing to her. I am apologizing to you guys because you guys are the ones who come here to hang out with me and this podcast is our podcast and we're not here to make anyone feel uncomfortable or uneasy and with that being said I hope that um, you accept my apology and well leave it we'll move we'll move forward of course and grow from this and um yeah that'll be the the top of those stories there and those were your top stories in pop culture Now we come to the end of another week of Cheap Thrills. Thank you for hanging out. I've been your host, Atheria, and I hope to see you again next week. If you'd like to reach us via email, you can contact us at cheapthrillspodcast01 at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cheapthrillspodcast01.